Well, good evening, everyone. That was all right. We'll, we'll, we'll try again later. Good to have you here tonight. Hopefully you had a great afternoon. It was beautiful outside. Uh, Pastor said it was a perfect day. I would take a little bit cooler, but I'm not going to complain because it's been a whole lot warmer the last couple of weeks. So I will take this temperature any day of the week. So hopefully you had a good afternoon and uh, a good, good to see you here tonight. A couple announcements here tonight before we get started. First of all, if you're joining us here for the first time in person, please stop by our welcome desk. We have a gift we'd like to give to you. And if you're joining us for the first time online, you can either scan the QR code there or you can go to sbtindy.org slash contacts and we would like to get a record of a visit there. And we are still looking for some more ushers. So if you are interested in being an usher, uh, right now I think they're doing it like every other week right now. And so we'd love to have more so there's a little more of a rotation. But please see Ken McKinney if you are interested in helping with that um, to help as an usher for the foreseeable future. Rekindle volunteer meeting is tonight following the evening service in the Fellowship Hall. So if you are helping with that, um, if you've helped in the past or would like to help with it this year, please come on in. We have lots of information to give to you, and we just want to know who's here to help us. So uh, we're excited about Rekindle. Looking forward to having, I think we're hoping, around 100 to 120 teenagers uh, coming for that. As Pastor said this morning, Evangelist Brent Gellis will be here. Um, so if you're helping with that and plan to volunteer, please see the, come to the meeting after. We have uh, some information we'd like to give to you there. And our missionaries of the week are Jonathan and Wendy Latham in Mexico. Um, their prayer is that they, uh, they would just helped with some camps, um, installing some various, um, like helping with counseling, helping with nurses, helping with installing some equipment and things. And so they're praying that those camps will be able to be used this summer. It's summer, going, getting ready to be in summer for them. And so uh, they're praying that the summer gets going and they get to, to use those camps to further Jesus Christ's kingdom. And then they also have a praise. They've been praying for their airplane. They have a ministry that they use airplanes for, and they haven't been able to use it because they've been waiting for a part to be welded, and it finally got welded, so they're back able to use that airplane again. So they're just thanking the Lord for that praise with that. And then one more thing, the Hope in Christ Ministries will be meeting after the evening service right over here on the piano side. All right, we'll have the ushers come forward at this time to receive this evening's offering. And I'm going to ask Brother Randy if you would pray for the offerings and also for the Lathams as well. Thank you for Jesus, for salvation. And Father, we lift up the Lathams. God, thank you for their ministry, and I pray that you'll just meet their every need. Thank you for how that you've been supplying their need and just working through their ministry to build your church. And then, Father, tonight we just pray that you will anoint the preaching of your word. And then, Father, tonight we have so many folks this week, our family of faith, extended family, that are hurting, going through scopes, scans, surgeries. Father, I pray for a special measure of grace for each one of them, that you would just meet their every need according to your divine purpose and your divine will. We pray now that you'll bless the gift and the giver. Father, may we always use your monies wisely for your glory, and we'll thank you in Jesus' name.
Thank you, Miss Autumn. That was. We're going to continue on along with that theme of Christ being our refuge, everything that we need. We're going to sing about, I guess, his our relationship to Him and what we bring to the table and what He does for us. Right. So go ahead and stand with me. We're going to sing. Christ is sufficient. Nothing I've done could merit God's grace. Nothing I'll do can take it away. I have one hope in life and death. I have been clothed in Christ's righteousness. Christ is sufficient. His work is finished. He is my faith, author and end. Christ is enough, my Savior and friend. Nothing remains since Jesus has died. Justice was paid, just satisfied. Great is my sin, greater is lost. I have been cleansed with Calvary's blood. Christ is sufficient. His work is finished. He is my face, author and end. Christ is enough. He will return to reign over all. Come to us, Lord, right every wrong. Soon the redeemed will join heaven's song. Christ is sufficient. His work is finished. He is my faith, author and end. Christ is I'm coming. Birthdays and anniversaries this last week. Who had birthdays and anniversary or birthday and anniversary this last week? We got Miss Cindy this morning because she's not going to be here tonight. Last two weeks, that's right, because last week we did have a funeral. So who are you pointing to? Robert. All right, Robert. When was your birthday? September the 5th. All right. And how long have you known the Lord as your Savior? 31 years. 31 years. Amen. We're the same age now. Finally, you're catching up. Yeah. Miss Jean? It's Renee's birthday today, and she's known the Lord since she was nine years old, and she's watching online. So, hello. Happy birthday to you, Miss Renee. Who are you pointing to? Miss Kelly? Miss Kelly had a birthday. When was your birthday, Kelly? And how long have you known the Lord as your Savior? 47 years. All right. Praise the Lord. Amen. Miss Anya, when was your birthday? 31st. And how old are you? 13. And how long have you known the Lord as your Savior? Four years. Amen. Praise the Lord. It's also your mom's birthday today. Is she here? She's in the nursery. Miss Julie, happy birthday to you. So how? No, I'm not going to ask. No, just, I'm just kidding. Just kidding. Just kidding. Happy birthday, Miss Julie. Miss Carol? Yesterday. Yesterday. And how long have you known the Lord as your Savior? 
Since you were nine. Good answer. Mm-hmm. Nine was a famous time. Miss Abby, when was your birthday? Thursday. And how long have you known the Lord as your Savior? How many? 19 years. Amen. Praise the Lord. Vicky, Vicky Miss Vicky, when was your birthday, Miss Vicky? It's today. Wow. Happy birthday to you. And how long have you known the Lord as your Savior? 57 years. Wow. Praise the Lord. Jack Carter? Where's Jack Carter? Over there trying to hide. Jack Carter. How old are you, Jack? When was your birthday? And how long have you known the Lord as your Savior? Six years. Amen. Praise the Lord. Who are we pointing to? Oh, yeah, that's right, Miss Christie. We got you last week, but we didn't get you last week because we had... A few. So Miss Christie had a, a big ber birthday this last uh, week. So when was your birthday? The second, all right. She turned 30. <laughs> you can pay me later. And how long have you known the Lord as your Savior? 41 years. 41 years. You, <laughs> you can figure that one out. <laughs> oh, wow. Anybody else? No anniversaries? Just birthdays? No other birthdays? Let's, oh. I had an anniversary this past Thursday. Past? You had an anniversary? Did Jonathan not have an anniversary? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Where's Jonathan? He's not here. Oh, so you can say anything you want. How long have how you been married? We've been married 11 years. 11 years. And what's the secret to 11 years of marital bliss? Commitment and love, and if you can't say it to your husband, talk to Jesus. I like it. All right. Anybody else? I'm still operating on one contact, so it's like, okay. okay. Nobody else? Let's sing happy birthversary to these folks, all right? Happy birthversary to you. Happy birthversary to you. Happy birthversary. God bless you. Happy birthversary to it's glad, good to have uh, Brother Phil Tolls with us, by the way, and family. Welcome to all of you. Uh, so glad you guys be with us. And then, of course, we have the Coopers, and we have the Johnsons, and all kinds of people. So uh, make sure you get a chance to uh, introduce yourself and those kinds of things. What's happening next? Reading of the Scripture. Come on, Matthew Fox. So those of the congregation which are able, please stand for the reading of God's Word. As a couple weeks ago, we finished chapter 7. We are now on chapter 8, verses 1 through 8. And the Lord said unto Joshua, Fear not, neither be thou dismayed. Take all the people of war with thee, and arise, go up to Ai. See, I have given into thy hand the king of Ai, and his people, and his city, and his land. And thou shalt do to Ai, and her king, king as thou didst unto Jericho, and her king, one of the spoil thereof, and the cattle thereof, shall he take for a prey unto yourselves. Lay thee in ambush for the city behind it. So Joshua arose, and all the people of war, to go up against Ai. And Joshua chose out thirty thousand mighty men of valor, and sent them away by night. And he commanded them, saying, Behold, ye shall lie in wait against the city, even behind the city. Go not very far from the city, but be all ready. And I, and all the people that are with me, will approach unto the city, and it shall come to pass, when they come out against us, 
as at the first that we will flee before them. For they will come out after us till we have drawn them from the city. For they will say, they flee before us as at the first, therefore we will flee before them. Then ye shall rise up from the ambush and seize upon the city. For the Lord your God will deliver it into your hand. And it shall be when ye have taken the city that ye shall set the city on fire. According to the command, commandment of the Lord shall he do. See, I have commanded you. May the Lord prosper his word whereto he sent it. And may the Lord bless you as you go about your week. You may be seated. Boy, one thing you don't see when you're sitting down there is all the people going like this during the birthdays. It's like we're going to hit them with water balloons or something. We won't, but maybe, I don't know, maybe we won't. All right, uh, just get, again, just to continue on with our theme tonight, we're going to sing Christ is Enough. My sin remained a dirt, my good could not erase, then Jesus came, I said, Christ is our refuge, and he is sufficient, he is enough, then really all that we have left to say is how much we love him. That's all we can give back, right? So number 666 in the hymnal, um, we're going to sing the first and second, and then the instruments will drop out, and we'll just use our voices on the fourth. My Jesus, I love thee, I know.
song of the month this month, The Greatest Story Ever Told. Sing grips the heart within, curse of fallen men, this pride and selfishness we hold inside. Though we were all condemned, we had a loving friend who came to save us. The greatest story ever told is of this Jesus. Humbly took his cross and died to save the lost, their sins forgiven. The greatest story ever told is of this Jesus, how he came to earth to rescue sinful men, sent from the Father up above to sacrifice and love and take our place.
Amen. Thank you. How deep the Father's love for us. We're going to be in Acts chapter 16, but until we get there, I wonder if somebody might have a testimony. God's done something you just got to tell people about. You got to use a microphone. So who's it going to be? Who's first? God had a slow week, not been doing much for people. I'll wait. I'm patient. It's that awkward silence you got to get past. Come on. I'll, I'll come to you. How's that sound? Catch. <laughs> well, this week's been really great. We had the Spear reunion. My maiden name was Spear. And I got to see my aunts that are both up in their 80s, which is, one's almost 90, so they're getting up there. And they're almost as old as you. Almost. <laughs> uh, but... but I have two cousins that are just really close to my age, and it really upsets me because they're, well, the Lord's blessed me much better with health, I guess, than them. And I'm more thankful for many things than a lot of people in my family, and I feel sorry for a lot of them that aren't thankful because it's great just to see people's faces and, and love each other. and Amen. and. Uh, then there was a lot of us that did love each other, and it was good. It Amen. was good. Amen. And everybody got home safe and sound, so I'm, I prayed for them to get home safe and sound, and God did it, his job real well. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Somebody else? Lord done something for you you just want to share? Miss Charity? Oh, Robert's coming first. Then you can give it to Charity. Um. About a month ago, I worked for a custom home builder. God has been very good to us um, with all the downturn in home building and stuff. It's been very good. But about a month or a month and a half ago, the number of leads that we had started diminishing. And it was interesting. I prayed a very simple prayer. It was, God, I don't know whether you want us to go through a slow time or if you want to keep us going. Um, but it's up to you. I put it in your hands. I leave it up to you. In the past two weeks, my boss has met with 10 new customers, potential new customers, not new customers, but in two weeks' time, 10, which is unheard of. Nobody else in the custom home business in Hancock County is doing that. And I, I just... If, if he hadn't have done it, he would have still been a great and awesome God. Amen. But just seeing the answer to prayer is tremendous. So. Amen. Ms. Charity. Um, well, just lately at my work, it's been really neat because when I first started working at my job as a waitress at Four Seasons, uh, it's just like no one there really was Christian as far as I knew, and there wasn't really anyone that talked about God or anything. And... Um, a while after I started working there, I was able to lead one of the girls to the Lord, and I've been able to talk to several customers about God and whatnot. And um, just this last week, it's kind of funny because now I'm kind of one of the longest people that have worked there. I've worked there the longest, so I'm just, I've started training girls, and one of the new girls that came in is a Christian too. Amen. And it's just been kind of neat because the environment's kind of like, turning into more of a Christian environment because now other women that didn't really talk about God before, I think they feel more comfortable talking about God. 
So mm -hmm. it's just been really neat to see how it's like kind of turning around the entire environment of my work. And Amen. It's been a blessing. Praise the Lord. Anybody else? Lord done something, you just want to share it? I'm not going to force you, but I want to give an opportunity. Who's, who are you pointing to? My wife. There you go. We let her talk every now and again. <laughs> every now and then. <laughs> um, John and I were talking just recently about how spoiled we are um, with this church and how much you guys have taken care of us. And especially the fact that in the last few years, I haven't even been around much at all taking care of my parents. And nobody ever complained about me not being here. You guys were always an encouragement. And the uh, ladies that helped take care of my dad, I mean, I couldn't have asked for better people to um, spoil him the last three months that after my mom died. And so um, I just thank the Lord for such a wonderful church family. I have just been overwhelmed um, with reminders of how good God's been to me. Um, this week, um, you know, Bob, a lot of you know Bob works out of town, and um, I started a new, newer job, and I went to break, and I was going to send him a message and just tell him how much I appreciate him, how much I love him, how thankful I am, and I opened my phone to send it, and he said, I'm taking myself to ER. Uh, something's not right. And <laughs> if you're a man or you know a man, you know that that's not normal. Uh, men don't take themselves to the ER or even to the doctor. And so um, I, I called him and they, were, they ran every test imaginable. And praise the Lord, it was a pulled muscle and he got a perfectly clean bill of health. Amen. And I thought of you know the what ifs and life is precious and time is short. And I'm grateful for that. Um, God has been taking care of all of the details with Brooke. Um, for those who are in our Sunday school class, they know a little more, but um, pumps run about $6,000. Um, when we went to the doctor, the doctor contacted the pump company and they reached out to Brooke and she gave them the insurance info. And within a week, they, she received an email that said, your pump is in the mail. So that was not a penny to us. Um, her sugars have been they were doing really well, and now they're going back up again, but we think that's just her her body attacking itself, kind of attacking the pancreas. So, um, But she's learning, she's accepting, and I'm seeing um, more of a dependence on God in her in her day-to-day -day life. Um, she's using the struggles to share with her friends about how good God is and how that no matter what happens, he's always watching out for us. And there's been a lot going on on the outsides, but I've just been reminded of how good God is. When the world falls apart, and I think a lot of times about a song that Mia sang a bunch of years ago, if he never spoke one more word of blessing, I've been blessed beyond anything I could ever deserve, and I'm just so grateful. Amen. That song is uh, powerful. Somebody else? Down front. Miss Jeanette. Hi. Thank you. I um, just wanted to tell you, too, also, that we have been truly, truly blessed. It was the most godly church I've ever come across. Um, when Robert was going through his cancer, I never had so many prayers go out. And 
uh, they were there for us. Pastor, you were there for us. And I cannot tell you how much we love you and what a godly man you are. And truly, truly grateful because I have the most loving, wonderful husband. And I'm so glad he's still here with us. And um, tomorrow he goes in for the first scan, his scan all over. And we're praying. Everything comes out great. He's been doing wonderful. And, uh, but I just had to tell you that the church here and the people, you couldn't meet a better group of people ever. Amen. Devin, you're going to give a testimony? <laughs> so many of you have asked, how's the new house? <laughs> well, for anybody who does not know, uh, the new house was fantastic until we discovered a mold problem. And then we discovered that the mold problem was caused by a water damage problem that extended from the kitchen wall to the kitchen floor, to the bathroom floor, to underneath the bathroom floor, to what was underneath that. And it just kept getting worse and worse. And so we have had to gut our entire kitchen, cabinets, wall, floor, everything, insulation. And I am blown away at the goodness of Southeast Baptist Tabernacle and the people who have come and helped us. I do not like to ask for help and I feel like I've been doing it over and over and over again the last few weeks and God's people are good and I'm so grateful to be a, a part of this church. One specific moment that really sticks out to me is we, uh, my sister and I were working on uh, the flooring and we got, we got, we replaced joists and subflooring. If anybody knows what that's like, it's interesting. And we were needing to get the wall ready for the drywall to go up for the drywaller. And we had just hit roadblocks every single step of the way in this project. Something uncovered, oh, there's more work to do there. And so by the time the drywaller was scheduled to come, we're looking at the, a wall that needs to be framed. And uh, I have until 9 a.m. the next morning, and we're working. It's like 11 o'clock at night. And my sister says, hey, I'm not feeling well. I think I need to, I think I need to call it a night. And so I was like, okay, well, you, you go do what you have to do, and I'll finish up here. Well, there hadn't been a, I hadn't yet framed the wall at that point. It's 11 o'clock at night. So I just prayed and I said, Lord, I need your strength because I am struggling, I'm tired. We've been working just countless hours the, the last few weeks. And so I worked, uh, I worked for a couple hours. I worked till 1 a.m. And then I went and sat down on my recliner and fell asleep for uh, 45 minutes. And uh, a moth woke me up <laughs> that had somehow gotten in, into the house at 1.45 in the morning. And there was still a ton of work to do before 9 a.m. the next morning. And so I, I got up and I thought, okay, well, I need to get out of my recliner and I'm going to go to bed now. And I went out to the kitchen and I looked at the wall. I was like, okay, well, let me just do a little bit more. And I did a little bit more and a little bit more and a little bit more. And it sounds so small, but the Lord just gave me the strength. I wasn't tired at all. And um, I worked till 4 a.m. And 
fell asleep. I, I had gotten done more than I anticipated, and I fell asleep. And <laughs> probably the best sleep I've ever had in my life, between 4 a.m. and uh, 8 a.m., and uh, it got done, and I do not know. There is no explanation for that, that energy that I had to get done what I needed to do other than the Lord answering my prayer. And we have a good God, and uh, I'm, I'm still sleep-deprived. That's why I'm a little emotional right now. <laughs> There's still a lot of work to do, but uh, we have a good God, and I love our church. I'm always sleep deprived. That's my that's my excuse too. <laughs> right. I'd like to thank everybody who's been praying for my mom. Uh, we went up to South Bend uh, for the Tennessee State game about a week ago, and we stopped in. And uh, to be honest, I wasn't sure after her stroke what I was going to find uh, when she was there. And. Uh, we got in there and we uh, um, we saw my parents and um, uh, mom was um, coherent. She could speak well. She was eating okay. She sw- she failed her swallow study, so we were worried about thick and feeds. But she's okay now, and she's doing well. She she has a uh, heart rhythm problem called AFib, uh, which puts her at a high risk of stroke. But she can't have blood thinners because she falls all the time. So, uh, so just continue to pray for her, but she was doing great, and we're just thankful for that. Amen. You know? Amen. Right. Uh, many of you, or some of you might know that I am Paul Sharon's grandson. Uh, he passed away a week or so ago. Um, and along with that, you know, comes his house just across the street. Um, and I just wanted to publicly praise God for this opportunity um, the plan was to sell the house. However, um, God just made it the opportunity available to my father to kind of buy out his siblings. And um, I'm kind of going through this kind of uh, an inter- interesting time in my life where I'm going through a lot of spiritual growth and kind of turmoil maybe. Um, so uh, that opportunity provided me the opportunity to move in just across the street. So uh, it was a blessing that there was nothing in the family that was, you know, no bitterness. It was, everyone in the family was really happy for this opportunity, and it gives me and my family be closer to the church and kind of grow uh, together. Amen. So, praise God. Amen. Anybody else? I've got a couple here. Don, when you get done, just pass it down that way to the other end. We'll say it's good to see you all again. It's been a little while since I've been here. Um, one of the things the Lord's been working on me recently, it's been based off of basically Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Lean not into thine own understanding. In all the ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy path. This past couple weeks has been, I'll just say, rather interesting for my family. And the Lord, But the Lord's been showing me through it all. It's Janet and Devin were saying, there's a lot of power in prayer. But it's not, not, not the prayer. The prayer is not the power. The power is the one we're praying to. Amen. But we've been seeing God answer prayer after prayer after prayer. These past couple of weeks, I've had to spend a lot of extra time in prayer just because of different family needs. 
But seeing him working, seeing God working, answering those prayers, has just been amazing. We see it again and again, but often we, often we don't even think to pray. We just say, well, Lord's got it under control. But when we pray, things change. It's amazing to see. Amen. Ms. Anita. I'm thankful that God uses his word to confirm and to, to guide us. And um, the last almost three years have been kind of rough for my family. Uh, this October will be three years since my husband passed away from cancer. In that time, I also lost a friend that I'd been friends with for 30 years. She's in heaven now. My mom passed away in March. A lot of changes. And over the last year before we came here, God was just leading. I'd been in, we'd been in a church. That all my sons had grown up there. I'd been there almost 30 years. Long story, won't get into details, but God made it very abundantly clear that we needed to move, and I fought it, and I fought it, and I fought it. And then Sunday school, we learned about Jonah and, you know, what are reasons that we give to God for not obeying. And I, I looked around different churches closer to us, and nothing, I, the Lord kept bringing me back to Southeast. Southeast, and I'm like, and we live like 30 minutes away, so I'm like, eh, I don't know if we want to do that, but I, everywhere else I looked, it was one thing or the other that just didn't, I didn't have peace about it, but I'm just thankful that we're here, even though it is a bit of a drive, and that, that God takes care of us, and that he guides us, and he gives uh, confirmation and guidance through his word and, and through, through prayer. We're in Acts chapter 16. Wow, that was a sweet time. I appreciate that. I like testimonies. I like when God's working and we can tell people about it. And I'm aware of the time. I know we have a baptism. I know what all's going on. So we'll, we'll make sure we get there, right? So in, in Sunday mornings, we're focusing on the gospel, right? We're going to give the gospel out and we're, we're using, that's going to be from now until the end of October. And we're really trying to give you an opportunity to invite your friends and family that need to hear the gospel and just making sure that the gospel is going to be clearly presented each Sunday morning. Sunday night's what I want us to look at is how we can, and this, is, this gets to be a challenge, right? Romans tells us that I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is what? The power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth. And, and so the gospel is its own power. It is. It's powerful all by itself. Having said that, God somehow in his sovereignty allows our lives to impact the power of the gospel. Our lives can add power to that power, and our lives can detract from it, and we're going to be looking at that on Sunday nights. Our goal is to, be, to make sure that as we're inviting people to come and hear the gospel, that our lives are adding to what the gospel would already do on its own, right? But, uh, you know, we don't want to, there's a phrase that the Apostle Paul make the gospel of no effect. We want to make sure that, you know, that our lives are complementing the gospel. And so we're going to be looking at some of those things on Sunday nights. We're in Acts chapter 16. And um, so let's, uh, let's read a couple of verses and then we'll jump into this. Verse 9, it says this. And a vision appeared to Paul in the night. There stood a man of Macedonia and prayed, saying, him saying, Come over into Macedonia and help us. And after he'd seen the vision, immediately we endeavored to go into Macedonia, assuredly gathering that the Lord had called us for to preach the gospel unto them. Father, as we uh, look at this passage tonight, help us, Lord, to live our lives in such a way 
that the gospel is magnified through our lives, that the gospel is magnified to those who desperately need it. And we'll thank and praise you in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. It is wonderful as you get to this passage here that the Apostle Paul is like, I know, there's no question, I know what God wants me to do, right? Uh, we've kind of had a theme going a little bit tonight about God answering prayer and God showing us these things. And here's the Apostle Paul, I know what God wants me to do. And, and we're going to go to Macedonia. That's been very clear. There's this call, go to Macedonia. And we're going to go and we're going to preach the gospel. When you get, jump down through this passage now, go down to verse 16, because now after we get through uh, the Apostle Paul you know, casting out a demon and different things. It says in verse 16, And when her masters saw that the hope of their gains was gone, they caught Paul and Silas and drew them into the marketplace under the rulers and brought them to the magistrates, saying, These men, being Jews, do exceedingly trouble our city and teach customs which are not lawful for us to receive, neither to observe, being Romans. And the multitude rose up together, what are the words? Against them. Now, let me ask you this question. Is it still God's will for Paul to be where he's at, preaching the gospel? Yes, but they're rising up against him, and I, I, I know about me. I'm, the Apostle Paul seems to go through this beautifully, right? I know at this point in my life, if, if I'm Paul, I'm probably beginning to second guess. Wait a minute, maybe I misunderstood something. Because in my mind, if something is the will of God, it ought to be smooth sailing, right? That's what it seems like it ought to be. I mean, there shouldn't be barriers if it's, the, if it's the will of God. And yet, here's Paul doing the will of God, and everybody rises up against them. Verse 19 still, it says, and the, and the magistrates rent off their clothes and commanded to beat them. And when they had laid many stripes upon them, they cast them into prison, charging the jailers to keep them safely. Now, the jailer has a job. Keep these guys safely. Keep them keep them in prison, and make sure that they're able to see the light of day so that we can do whatever we're going to do to them next. Now, so here's what's happened. They've now been beaten, and they've thrown in prison. This would be a real challenge, right? It's like, wow, wait a minute. I thought we were supposed to be serving God here. I thought we were here to, God had called us to do this work. We're supposed to see all kinds of wonderful things happening. So far, we've encountered a demon-possessed person who was bugging us, and we finally uh, got the demon out of them, and now... We've been beaten and we're thrown into prison. And what Paul and Silas do at this very moment is going to add power to the gospel. Now, you know the story and you know what's going to happen. But you know how many times in ministry, I've been your pastor for 32 years, and I've been in ministry before that 13 years. So I've been in ministry a long time. You know how many times in ministry I've had someone come to me and say, hey, Pastor John, would you tell me how I can be saved? Do you know how many times that happens? I mean, you can count it on one hand, the number of times that people start the conversation about salvation. You know, we usually are the ones going to them. Paul and Silas are about to have an encounter where that is what happens. And I'm going to ask you why. What, what has taken place that makes the jailer come to Paul and Silas rather than Paul and Silas going to the jailer? And, of course, you know the answers, but uh, let's take a look at it and show you because I want to show you how you and I can... Because what, we don't know this always, but the people we work with, people we go to school with, the people in our families, 
when we are going through the trials of a house, Devin, and when we're going through the trials of a death in a family, Miss Anita, when we're going through the trials of cancer, people are watching us. They're watching. And they're going to decide what they're going to do with our Jesus based on whether or not our Jesus gets us through that circumstance. Not keeps the circumstance from happening. They're watching our response to the circumstance. Do you see how this works? Paul and Silas have been beaten and thrown in prison. And look what happens. Of course, you know it, but let's take a look at it. <clears throat> it says, verse 21, who, having received such a charge, thrust them into the inner prison, because he's supposed to keep them safe, and made their feet fast in stocks. He locks them in there and locks them up good, not just in the, the door, but the, uh, put them in stocks as well. And at midnight, Paul and Silas, now look at this, prayed and sang praises unto God. You see, when life comes at us, if our response is to whine, gripe, and complain, people can do that without Jesus. Nobody needs Jesus to do that. That can happen all on its own. When life comes at us, when we get bitter and angry and frustrated, everybody can do that. It doesn't take Jesus to make that happen. What you're seeing here is the jailer, I couldn't tell you for certain if the jailer had heard the gospel prior to this. Was he a part of the crowd that's listening to Paul and Silas preach? I don't know. The Bible doesn't tell us. It's likely. It's likely that you know through all of the conversation as the jailer has been at least a part of the trial and the beating, uh, that, you know, he's watched and heard the gospel. That's likely, but the Bible doesn't tell us. But here's what I know he heard. I know that at midnight, the jailer is listening to beaten, wounded, bleeding, downhearted prisoners sing, pray, and praise God. And that does something to the jailer. Now, that's not where... That's not, the, that's not, quote, unquote, the straw that broke the camel's back. The jailer doesn't come to the door and say, hey, tell me about your Jesus. That doesn't happen yet. But they're singing and praising God. Let's keep going. It says, and suddenly, verse 23, there was a great earthquake so that the fountains of the prison were shaken, foundations, I'm sorry, the prison were shaken, and immediately the doors were opened and everyone's bands were loosed. So the prison shakes, the doors open, and, you know, you, the, the how is, of course, that God is doing this, but the, the locks around their ankles, the stocks that they're in, literally fall off. There's nothing preventing the prisoners from escaping. Nothing. Pre in fact, if it's you and me, if we're not careful, you know, once we see an out, wow, it's like God opens a door, I can get out of this mess that I'm in, we head for the door, right? I mean, that's kind of our human nature. This is the amazing part, and I believe this is the part that caused the jailer to want to know Jesus. Because what happens if the prisoners walk out the doors? What happens to the jailers historically? They die. You've been given a responsibility, and if you fail at your job, you don't get fired. Not in the Roman culture here. You're going to die. This is a big deal. And, again, if it's me, 
and God opens the door and lets me get out of a bad situation that I'm in, I'm afraid that I have a tendency to run to the door. Like, let me get out of here. But what made the difference here is that Paul and Silas and whoever else are with them, this group of Christians who are singing, praying, and praising God at midnight, having been unjustly beaten and thrown in prison, this group of Christians still has the wherewithal to recognize that if they leave, the jailer dies. Look what happens. It says, And the keeper of the prison, awaking out of his sleep and seeing the prison doors open, drew out his sword and would have killed himself, supposing that the prisoners had fled. That's what I would have done. Get me out of this situation. Supposing that the prisoners had fled. He was ready to kill himself. But Paul cried with a loud voice saying, do thyself no harm. You need to focus on these words. For we are all here. No one had left. They're in this bad situation. The job that God has called them to do seems to be outside those doors. But they're in this bad situation. And they're still thinking more about the jailer than themselves. And Paul's first response is not, wow, let's get out of here. Paul's first response is, don't kill yourself. We're all still here. Think about that for a moment. People are watching how we're responding to life. And our response as Christians is making a difference of their response to the gospel. The next thing that happens, take a look at it. The next thing that happens is, verse 26, and he calls for a light, sprung, springs in there, sprang in, came trembling, fell down before Paul and Silas, and said to them, the thing that you seldom ever hear someone say, sirs, tell me about your Jesus. What must I do to be saved? I want what you've got. Please tell me how I can have what you've got. Wow. That is our lives adding power to an already powerful gospel. I wonder how many times we're getting in the way, Christian, because life's coming at us, and we're whining, griping, and complaining, and then we whine, gripe, and complain because nobody that we know wants to trust Christ as their Savior. Hello. Until we so much love Jesus that we see people who need Jesus, it's going to be a struggle. But Paul and Silas, having been beaten, unjustly thrown in prison at midnight, singing and praying and praising God, still are thinking about the souls that are around them. Don't kill yourself. We're all still here. Sirs, what must I do? to be saved. And of course the famous line, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. And the same is true for the people in your house. You see how this works? And if you read the rest of the story, not only does the jailer get saved, but you know who else gets saved? The people in his house. Wow. Because Paul and Silas and their group have added to the power of the gospel by the way they're responding to life. Wonderful testimonies tonight.
And most of the testimonies are dealing with, life came at me hard and heavy, and I've had to make some adjustments, and we've had to rethink, and we've had to stop, back up and punt, and whatever, you know, keep filling in the blank. And those wonderful testimonies about what God is doing through those things. And I'm just telling you, whether we know it or not, people are watching us. And they're trying to decide about Jesus based on what they're seeing. So as we're going through the Sunday nights in the next few weeks, I won't be here next week because I'll be speaking at Pensacola next week. And so uh, Pastor Brett and Mr. David will be speaking to you, and I don't know what they're going to speak on. But when I get back here, we're going to continue this theme. Sunday mornings, the gospel. Sunday night, what can we do that will impact the gospel in a positive way? And one of those is don't let life take away the power of the gospel in our lives. It made a difference. Let's let people see it. Heads bowed, eyes closed, please. Father, thank you for saving us. Thank you for the sweet testimonies tonight. God, I pray that you would help us like Paul and Silas of old, to be willing to praise you in the difficult times, to pray and at midnight still be thinking so much about other people that when life really gets dark, that we still are concerned about the souls around us. Bring souls to the kingdom through us. And Father, we will thank and praise you in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Your heads are bowed, your eyes are closed. Say, Pastor John, I tell you, I have to be honest. Life's been coming at me, but I haven't been responding quite the right way. I, I, I wouldn't be the Paul and Silas in this scenario. If, if my coworkers, if my school friends, if, if my family members are looking to me to see the gospel... I'm afraid I'm coming up short. Pastor, God spoke in my heart. Would you pray for me that I'll, that I'll be able to, to let God so work in my heart and life that I'm able to praise him in the hard times? Pastor, would you pray for me? Would you slip your hand up? Let me see that so I can pray for you. Thank you, thank you. Three, four, five, thank you. Father, be with these. God, give us that courage, that boldness, a willingness to be used of you even when life is difficult. And we'll thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand. We're going to sing together. 477 channels only. The altar is open to you. I'm going to invite Zach to go ahead and go back and get ready. And I'll go back and get ready. And as soon as this song's over, this verse is over, Pastor Brett will come up and lead you in another song as we get ready for the baptism. Channels only. Let's sing that together. How I... we can pull up trust and obey i think it's up perfect we'll sing a couple verses of this while pastor gets ready so go ahead and sing with me as we sing trust and obey when we walk with the
have Zach Conkle that has come to be baptized. Zach, have you trusted Jesus Christ as your Savior? Yes. And if you die right now, you know you go to heaven? Yes. Amen. Zach, upon your profession of faith in Jesus Christ, and I baptize you. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Go ahead. Go ahead. You won't hear it. I promise. <laughs> Buried with him in baptism, the likeness of his death. <laughs> Raised with him to walk in newness of life. He's like, no! We got to there, just so you know, all right? So <laughs> all right. Congratulations, Mr. Zach. Sometimes that's scary, you know that? Especially when it's me, it's like, no, I'm just... <laughs> Anything else I'm supposed to be announcing? Let's stand up and let you get out of here, right? The Lord bless you, keep you, make his face shine upon you, give you, oh yes, give you peace. And we have two meetings. Uh, we have the uh, Cancer Meeting, Hope in Christ uh, meeting, and then we have the Rekindle meeting over in the Fellowship Hall. Love you all, you're dismissed. God bless you.